Welcome to the Marketing Automation Discussion. I'm your grateful host, Alex Glenn. Today, I have a special guest with me to discuss the following. GDPR compliance, core ad strategy, what to do with it and how, Reddit, where to use it in your business routine. We have a lot to discuss. Let's go ahead and dive in. 90% Conversational of marketing. The Marketing Automation oh. Discussion. My guest today is Nathan Haig. Nathan is a full stack marketer who specializes in marketing automation and making things easy where this can get confusing in your business. He's the guy to call. Did I leave anything out, Nathan? Yeah, I'm also fun to meet at parties. So Nathan and I linked up via Facebook. I saw a video that he published and had to reach out. Everything he does is terrific. And from what I gather and what his community's uh, kind of response and comments on the videos that he creates. He is uh, an expert in GDPR compliance, an expert in Reddit marketing, and come to find out he's, he's got some great advice on Quora, LinkedIn, etc. So definitely catch up with him online and uh, anywhere else that he can be found. I'll publish links to those pages in the notes. But first, because it's still so new, let's dive into GDPR compliance and touch on an aspect of it that we have not covered yet in the podcast. Now, Nathan, you have an anecdote before we talk about GDPR compliance, uh, a run-in that you had recently with the Border Authority down there in Australia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so coming back from, because I, I spend uh, a lot of time in Thailand and uh, I, I smoosh my time between Thailand and, and Australia. So I pretty much kind of like go home from home when I'm over here, right? I'm talking from Thailand right now. Um, so I never have check-in luggage. Uh, so this time, uh, about four weeks ago, uh, so I went back to Australia, went back to Sydney, and um, just about to go outside the airport, and they were like, right, off you go then, son. And then uh, one of the uh, the Border Patrol uh, guys uh, put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, hello, did you want to go and follow me, sir? I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. So anyway, um, they did the standard check, and, uh, you know, so all small talk. Uh, but what they did is, uh, yeah, basically confiscated my laptop and my phone is the takeaway point. Um, and I was compelled to unlock both devices under threat of 90 day detention. And uh, basically I value my privacy. So uh, just told them to get fucked, right? I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, what's your, what's your uh, so will you be copying my files? You know, well, well that'll be covered under the uh, you know, legislation, all right? Well, what's your data retention policy if you don't find any dodgy files? And they're like, well, that's covered under the policy. Basically, zero like forthcoming like information from them. Everything was covered under the policy. So, but um, when I asked them, I'm like, look, I'm under GDPR remit. So I have a lot of like customer data from uh, my European clients. So it would be cool if you could tell me at least which files you're accessing. So, because I've got to serve out GDPR breach notices. Well, of course, like, you know, Border Patrol has no ideas on such matters. Look at you with eyes glazed and go, eh, yeah, well, it's under the legislation. We're not going to tell you. So that basically means every single time that I go through immigration now, Border Patrol is going to, like, collar me. Uh, I'm going to have to send out GDPR breach notices to every single one of my clients because I have to assume that every single client has had their files looked at by the Australian Border Force. Now, that's that's just a that's a reality now. It's uh, you know Americans have been fairly used to that with your TSA, but uh, it's a fairly new thing with Australia, and um, yeah, it's uh, disgusting, terrible, and I want no part of it. So, uh, but that's the reality we live with. 
So too long didn't read. GDPR breach notices had to be sent out each and every time I travel now. So yeah, that's not cool. Oh, wow. So send out to all of your clients that you had viewed by foreign authorities. And now you're in Phuket. Yeah, yeah, I'm in Phuket live and direct at the moment. So you can probably hear the traffic going outside on this beautiful, tropical, idyllic island with the motorbike zipping past. But um, yeah, it's beautiful. So it's got better internet than Australia and it's got, um, well, dare I say, some really good beaches too. So uh, yeah, no, it's quite nice to work over here. There's a lot of like uh, expats, um, a lot of marketers. Um, and yeah, we, we come here for the food and the bandwidth, I think. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, uh, I digress. Let's uh, get back to the topic at hand. So great premise for GDPR compliance. What's going on now? Why is it necessary? You kind of alluded to that. But I want to talk specifically about a part of GDPR compliance that a lot of clients that I speak with are leaving out. You know, everybody's really starting to come around to not cold emailing everybody, not spamming everybody. Okay, well, now I've stored my data correctly. Yes, I've got to enrich my data correctly. I've got to have a purpose behind it, all that good stuff on the front end. But now let's just say you have retroactive data. Let's just say you have a big customer list. Let's say now you want to make sure that if those customers want pulled out of your database, you have to allow that to happen and give them some outlet to do that. There's a very simple version, which is, hey, put a form on my site. Click here to remove yourself from my database. And then one of my administrators will do that by pulling you out of the CRM. But there's a lot of holes there. So why don't you talk about automating the removal process of, say, I'm a customer of yours and I want to be removed from all aspects of your targeting. How can that happen? Yeah. Um, so there's a uh, like basically the subject access requests and um, the deletion requests, right? So forget me. So they're, they're, two, they're two separate things, right? So let's say, for example, that uh, you are a small to medium-sized company and that you have uh, your website uh, and you have, let's say, I don't know, let, let's say 10 staff, right? That, that's what you have. So here's, here's what happens. Uh, someone will come along and they'll do a subject access request, all right? So your data privacy officer has a form on your website, uh, on your privacy policy page, most likely, and uh, you'll put in your you know, username, or you might put in your uh, email address, uh, and uh, you basically say, right, yeah, what information do you have on me? So that's a subject access request. Now, most people will have like a, a CRM. If you don't have a CRM, why not? But you'll have a CRM data. It could be something as simple as MailChimp. Uh, it could be like going down you know, the, the rabbit hole. It could even be Salesforce and, and everything in between, your active campaign campaigns, your infusion softs, ont reports, etc. Uh, but the issue is that you will need then to process that subject access request. Um, you will need to say, well, okay, we've got an e email that's come in. Uh, they want all the information dumped on them. So what you need to do is uh, in each of these CRMs, right, and not all of them have this yet, right, uh, but you basically have to say, oh, okay, here we go. Maybe my, my CRM has got like some tools to be able to stick that email address in uh, and then basically get a dump of uh, what information is on them. And then we can take that and we can email it back right to them. It's a very manual process, um, but it's got to be done. And it's got to be done in a timely fashion too. So I recommend, uh, say, 28 days. So when your privacy policy, you say, look, subject access requests, uh, we'll process them like uh, in, in, in 28 days. Okay, so that's fair. People go, oh, okay, fair enough. All right, a data, um, a data deletion request uh, is different because that now means that you go, okay, well, which vector points are, are we sort of touching here with that user data? Sure, we have in our CRM, 
But if you've got SAS, right now you need to delete them, all of their records from your SAS. If you have any uh, custom audiences, for example, in Facebook uh, or AdWords or Quora or wherever, you will need to uh, remove those people from those custom audiences. But it gets worse, right, because the CRM companies are fairly lackluster with their, with their sort of subject access requests and their data um, deletion requests tools um, they're lackluster at the moment at best it's a real problem all right but it gets worse when you start saying well you know facebook and and and, and uh, adwords custom audiences because there's no easy tool at all right for a user or you um, to remove someone from those custom audiences there's no off-the-shelf tool that can do that um, and also there's no confirmation uh, where you can do that through APIs, etc. There's still no confirmation from any of these companies, these social media platforms, that someone has actually been removed from that custom audience too. So it's a real difficult, precarious position for people that are saying, well, we, we're an American company, we don't need to do this. Well, you do, right? Because you don't want to have like your ball swinging in the wind, right? For let's say 4% right, of your annual turnover, or your global turnover. Um, for your your GDPR infractions. Now, for honestly, in the real world, it ain't going to be four percent, right? And obviously, there's going to be like a load of like arse ache to try and you know prove uh, and you know that you were sort of breaking GDPR. So there's going to be a process, and it's going to be a pain in the ass. But nonetheless, um, it's a thing. And if you're selling or you have users in America that are European and living in America, guess what? You're still under that GDPR remit. Yeah, well, we don't sell to the UK. Well, no, but uh, some of your your users for your newsletter, for example, might be in Europe. You don't get to choose where they're going to sign up from. Well, you can, but most people won't. So you must consider yourself uh, to, as an American company or Canadian company or whatever, uh, you must consider yourself to be part of the GDPR remit, even if you're not directly selling to anyone in Europe. Uh, and it's a good idea to do that as well because it's the gold standard. Like it's coming, right, with the current climate over in America, which we don't need to talk about. Um, but like it's a, it's a little bit of a free-for-all. Um, but what you've got to realize is that like this is now the GDPR uh, is uh, an off-the-shelf legislation that other countries can look at and say, you know what, that's actually pretty cool. We could take that, modify it a little bit, right? And now we've got like our GDPR uh, version for our country. So, you know, by having that GDPR compliance like straight away uh, and working to it now, right, then you'll be, you know, one step ahead of your competition that are like, yeah, we'll put that on the back burner. It only takes one scalp in your particular industry to be held up, right? And then obviously everyone goes, well, that, that's moved up the food chain now. We've better put that on the front burner rather than the back burner. So, yeah, too long didn't read. Make sure that you're GDPR compliant, even if you're not selling uh, directly to Europe, okay? So uh, those subject access requests will tie you up in knots. So let's say you go back to your 10 people, um, you know, like let's say someone does a subject access request um, and you've only got like one person out of the 10 that's kind of handling the data privacy, right? Most people will do that and that's fine. But let's say you come to some sort of like uh, evil prick, all right, that then it goes, yeah, I'm black hat. I'll basically tie them up in compliance. All right, so that one person really wears maybe a marketing or IT hat, but now they do subject access requests every so often. We might get one a month, you know, if we're lucky. 
Well, if some black hat prick comes along, like I'm not saying me, but I am, all right, and I was like going to go for my competitors on behalf of another customer, marketing customer, then yeah, I would tie them up. I would like do like a bot, I'd automate it, and suddenly they're flooded with say 10 subject access requests a day, right? So how long will that take for one, right? Let alone extrapolate that out again, 10, 20, 50 subject access requests a day. And you've got to treat every single one as serious. You can't just go, ah, that'll just be a spam. Because what if one isn't, right? So yeah, it will tie people up in knots. So it's a real problem, okay? Yeah. That's the scenario that companies are going to be facing. It is, it is. And also like uh, as, a, as a SaaS company, so a lot of your, your listeners, I called them viewers before just as a piss take, but like, obviously all the listeners are like, yeah, well, I've got a SaaS company. So like building out your SaaS and your, your workflows within those SaaS, et cetera, et cetera, that's fine. But as we all know, right, if you then have to maintain essentially two versions of your workflows, uh, that costs real time, real money, real support issues, etc. So it's not even, it's not even like really when you look at it. Like again, most people aren't going to be on the hook for four percent of their global turnover. Most people ain't Facebook size, right, or Google size. Those guys will be the scalps that are first held up, and in fact, already are. Um, but like for your your average users of like you know 10, 10 staff members, um, there could be a real issue in trying to support two versions of your workflows. So really, really look at the GDPR as an opportunity to say, look, how can we retool our SaaS to cater for that gold standard privacy? Because it's going to be rolled out in more countries and more of our market. So we might as well get across it right now. So it's given you an opportunity. It's given you a little bit of breathing room right now as American or Canadian companies uh, listening to this to, to basically like get your, your ship in order right now. So yeah, take it as a good thing, not a bad thing. We got the premise set now real quickly. Right now we're kind of setting up what's coming, which is our suggested setup of how to actually accomplish this uh, subject access request automation. Well, uh, but I want to divert attention to Cora real quick because I only have so much of your time and want to give as much value to listeners as possible. So we're actually going to talk about Cora too on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Who should be on Quora and why? Yeah, so uh, basically zig when everyone's zagging, right? So by that, what I mean is uh, everyone's like, well, I'll just Google it, right? Okay, well, you'll, you'll get a problem and you'll Google it and then hopefully you'll find a solution. Uh, here's the thing, though, right? A lot of people go, yeah, I kind of want something a little bit more in depth without all of the, uh, you know, the stupid ad words like taking up half of my screen. Um, like I might, I might just want to have like some professionals, right, in rather than kind of like, fluffy overviews right which a lot of the, the sort of like top three search results are usually kind of like just adding crusted crap so what you tend to find is Cora is full of uh, people like in your particular niche or industry that are answering in a far more in-depth manner right so I mean Bill Gates has been on there like brain legit brain surgeons are on there so Cora is really uh, used by people that want far more in-depth answers um, to problems that they may not have even found on Google. Um, so they've come over to Cora. So it's a lot of uh, like a lot of professional um, like uh, questions that are being answered there, and lots and lots of opportunity for you to join in a conversation. People literally are asking Cora a question. So if you're there in a timely manner to answer that question and you've got like a, a solution which could feature your product or your service, 
um, then if you're in the right place at the right time, then like, yeah. And of course, Cora like kind of is indexed as well. Um, so that's a kind of a good thing. Um, and yeah, I, and the advert platform on Cora is like, is pretty fantastic too. So what you can do is that, well, was that you or me that's binging? <laughs> oh, we're so busy. Um, <laughs> um, so as far as Cora goes, all right, yeah, I mean, you can sit there. Like what I would personally do, right, um, is to, if you have a look at my, I don't know if you've got my Cora page open, my profile page, uh, just hone your profile page, basically like pillage mine, model yours upon mine, it works, right? So tickety-boo on that one. Next thing is take your mobiles out of your pocket, right, and basically do a search for specific topics around which you can help with. And instead of, like, sitting there and dicking around, like, you know, typing out a shitload, right, you can literally be at, like, In-N-Out Burger, right, I've got five minutes, I'll spark this up, uh, and do a video reply. Don't waffle on, don't warble on, right, make it nice and succinct, maybe 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds, an absolute push, unless you want to really go into, like, long form but 60 to 90 seconds do a video reply right to the question and see how many like views that you get on that right you get so much traction yeah so that's a really good way and if you do that and you basically do like let's say uh, you answer five questions a day like you know there's your five minutes a day um, and you can get like an absolute metric shed load of engagement on that and people going, oh, let me check out his profile. Guess what? You can go back into the post afterwards. And you can also add some links in there too to your product or service. So that's one way of like doing it organically. Um, you know, if you've got five or 10 minutes here and there, do that every day and you'll basically build your rep really super quick. All right. That's the first method. Second way is doing it with paid ads. Cora, you can upload your customer. We're talking about GDPR and here I am talking about, nah, just upload all of your like, emails. Don't worry about it. So assuming, right, he leads into the camera, assuming that you have like GDPR tick off on your custom audience, you can upload it into Cora, create a custom audience and then like um, send out your Cora adverts. No problem. Do it by geo, do it by like topic, do it by uh, phrase, your choice, but you've got your own audience. You can run ads out too. Yay. Um, and then the other way of doing paid ads is to, again, treat Cora as uh, like a poor man's version of AdWords. So rather than go out by topic, you probably want to go out, because that would be fairly generic. You know, you might get like stupid idiots just like going, can anyone recommend a Facebook ad method? Like, really? Kill me. All right. That's that's just far too like generic a question for me to like pay to give you my, my answer. Um, so instead then, do a phrase match. All right. So, um, you know, the, the question might contain stuff like, um, you know, a uh, uh, difference between, um, I don't know, like, uh, oh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head now. I'm on the spot. But you know what I mean. So do a phrase match where your product or service would fit that. Um, and then what happens is Cora ads are kind of cool. There's no images. It's just text. And it does genuinely look like native content. It's, it's done pretty well, actually. Um, and so basically you, uh, you, you are joining the conversation as soon as they post it, like your advert is, is there because they contain that phrase match. Um, and people will click that, all right? And you use that to take them to your landing page where obviously you've got your Facebook and uh, every other pixel under the sun on there as well. So you can use Cora traffic as very cheap uh, retargeting, remarketing traffic, all right, thereafter. All right, so that's, that's a kind of a cool way of doing it.
So, yeah, Quora, awesome. Um, we talked about, uh, let's move quickly on to Reddit as well. We're just burning through this. I'll get on a bit of a roll. Reddit, exactly the same thing, right? So um, with Reddit, a lot of marketers shy away from Reddit um, because Reddit hates ads. Reddit hates marketers. It's a bit of a fallacy, right? If you're in the right uh, sub and you're a good redditor right you can just like rape and pillage like reddit for ads and you can be like right here's an advert and it's a link advert and it, it goes at the top as a as essentially a pinned post and you will have seen that like everyone will have seen that if they use reddit well you can be that pinned post um, you can't do custom audiences right uh, because reddit doesn't support that uh, but what you can do is you can say right these are the specific subs i would like my uh, click advert or my link advert to appear in you can do that uh, you can geo it, you can technology platform it, like desktop, mobile, both. Um, you can time, you know, day part it, you can do that. Um, but that's that's pretty much what you would want to do, right? Split test your adverts in Reddit between uh, just here's a pinned post, click the link, right? Super cheap retargeting because the link will take them through to your landing page where you'll retarget them into the other platforms, right? Very, very cheap to do that, okay? Um, the other way of doing it is be a good Redditor. If you are an active member, a good active member of Reddit, not everyone has got the time, I realize that, but if you're committed to a social media platform that's on the rise, then I really, really recommend like Reddit, like, you know, Fuck Twitter, like basically move straight to Reddit. Um, that's certainly the case in a lot of markets. Um, so let's say technology, for example, r slash technology. Um, if you're SaaS, it will be r technology. It could be uh, r slash marketing, r slash ask marketing. So some of the biggest subs, right, where your product or your service or your SaaS would fit into, um, try and do a text advert, right? So instead of just, here's a link, click it, no. All right, help some other people first with some genuinely good answers, right? So when people look at you, it's not just like, oh, hail corporate. Um, what they'll do is they'll actually look at your profile and go, yeah, okay, he's a good Redditor. He's, he knows his shit, right? Or she knows her shit. Great. But when you actually do the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, the text advert, then that basically means that um, you can write a huge, mahoosive, great big long text post explaining and framing and putting context around it and giving genuine value in that advert. And then at the very end, right, just like we're doing on this podcast now, at the very end, you can basically be like, you know, look, you've got a load of information out of me. Like, here's some other competing products, but really, if you want like ours, right, it's here. And you can put a link in there that way. So you've given something of genuine value away. You've been a very good Redditor, even though it's an advert. And at the very end, it's then acceptable to say, look, basically, I'm selling my shit. So, like, here's a link. And people kind of respect that. Don't expect everyone to think that you're second coming of Christ. That's not going to happen. Um, but you will get some, like, some really good, like, like engagement on, uh, on those sort of posts. But if you just want to go down and dirty and you don't want to be a good Redditor and you just want cheap retargeting traffic, just, like, run uh, link adverts, right? Right, on specific subs boom gotcha okay i like the idea of doing longer format or sort of text post adding the links in there giving a little bit of value playing by the rules don't be a dick yeah just be a, just be a good redditor like the, the whole thing about like reddit is you anything on reddit really like is you're at least you're at least a month ahead of like uh, any other social platform uh 
um, you know, 4chan would be one of the other exceptions, all right? But you're really kind of like ahead of the curve. So you can see emerging trends um, and you can re do research like on Reddit as well, like find out who's been asking the questions, find out what sort of answers. The gold in Reddit is never the question itself. It never is, all right? The main post itself, no one gives a shit. The gold in Reddit is always in the comments, all right? So I, I can't stress enough, right? Don't write Reddit off because you've like looked at it and it's like full of, you know, privileged white blokes like dissing each other and like taking the piss out of women. Put that to one side because if you hit the right subs and you hit it right, it's, it's a really good like traffic and, and a good education tool as well. You can see those trends. So yeah, I can't talk highly enough about Reddit. So yeah. I love it. And real quick, would you recommend if I've never used Reddit before, I want to start leveraging it in some way and I want to do it somewhat organically, would you recommend hiring someone with some good clout on Reddit to help you out? Well, hold my beer, fam, right? Because uh, it just so happens that after all this value that I've given away on this podcast, um, I actually uh, produced a course right on Reddit. So it literally goes from zero to hero. So um, if people want that course, like, yeah, like I've, I've got you covered. You'll pay for it, but like, yeah, I'll give a discount or something. But um, it literally takes you from zero to hero. It's really good. It's forensic quality stuff. I really like it. It's my own course. I really like it. Normally, I hate my own stuff, but I really like this one. I'll tell you what, we're going to add that to the marketplace. It'll be the only Reddit automation option on the marketplace. So look for that at automated.af, a link from the homepage of the marketplace. You got that and check out Nathan's course. So let's move on. That was brilliant. Tons of value there. I'll link to the article as well. So you'll have that. What did we talk about? We talked about Reddit. Now we need to circle back real quick and go back to GDPR. So we mentioned why compliant. We mentioned sort of the hole in a lot of GDPR compliancy, which exists in SARs, allowing customers to opt to remove themselves from not only your database, but your retargeting campaigns and how difficult that can be. So uh, let's get back into that and get on that subject again. With regards to setup, where do people start? What do they look for? And how can they get this done and make sure they can sleep at night knowing that they are compliant? Okay, so uh, there's, there's a, a couple of different ways, right? So um, one of the ways is to say, well, okay, use something like, I mean, one of the, the, the market leader out there for GDPR compliance with all the cookies, all right, because that's another thing, right? Firing the cookies uh, for your different tracking scripts, etc. Only when they've given permission, right, for that. So if you look at something like CookieBot, a lot of people, like a lot of companies, will use CookieBot, um, and that will basically handle the cookie permissions and also firing, um, you know, based on on if they said yes, you know, track me or yes to analytics, right? It will then fire off the analytics. Um, so CookieBot is a really good choice. Um, that's that's one way of doing it. Uh, the but what that what that doesn't do right is it just handles. Or it's called Cookie Bot. It ain't going to do anything else, right? It's not going to remove anyone from like the databases. So if you use a blend of Cookie Bot to handle all of the uh, the JavaScript firing pixels, like you know, etc., that's one way. You'd add in there uh, the GDPR compliance form. All right, we spoke about earlier on. So you know, hey dude, what's your name? What's your first name? Last name? What's your email address? Submit that comes into the privacy officer <sighs> privacy officer gets a load of those yeah checks in the crm right and then either 
edits the information based on on you know new information or they delete them right and then they have to like go back so it's a very manual process but you know if you use those two and if someone's like job is to do that well that's their job and you know no dramas right um Again, just bearing, like looping back very quickly, right, on that one though, like you will get, and it's not, it's not like a, a common thing at the moment, but I guarantee it will be amongst the black hat community, is to again flood competitors, right, with compliance, just tie them up in compliancy knots, all right, with all these requests on a daily basis. So just bear that in the back of your mind that automation is a good thing, that the tools that the CRM providers offer you are pretty crap still at the moment. All right. So they're not fully committed to it. And again, there's no there's no off the shelf product. Right. If you've got coders in house, that's fantastic. All right. So, again, you'd need some sort of like method to send a signal back into uh, Facebook and Google uh, to basically remove that uh, email address uh, potentially from your remarketing lists or your retargeting lists. All right. So it will be a blend of off the shelf products, you know, cookie bot um, and a form. All right. But it will also require you to have programmers to like do the custom audience like removal right, of users. And that's not a, a precise science either. Um, the second method of doing it and uh, like at the extreme risk of sounding like I'm sproiking my shit, but like this has taken us about six months to do it. Uh, and it's my dream product. So you can use you can use our product. It's wowq.io, um, and that basically handles like everything we've spoken about, right? So it uh, it allows all of that to be automated, which which after all is the point of this podcast, right? It's like, look, mate, can I just install your WordPress plugin? Yeah, you can. And what does it do? Well, it does all the GDPR compliance with all the cookies, right? Tick that box. Um, does it also do the subject access request? Yes, it does, right? There's a little form, stick it on the page, and when they put their email address in and you've connected your CRMs into WowQ, it will then go automatically into the CRMs. It will send an email back to that user and it will basically say, click this link. They click the link and then they basically come to a page where they can see all of their information. If they're on five of your CRMs, it will show all five CRM tabs um, and then the user can update their own information or they can delete themselves or they can and or they can also remove themselves uh, from all of your marketing right in one fell swoop, which does include you know, the Facebook and the AdWords custom audiences. So we've thought of everything like, like seriously, I don't even want to make it a WordPress plugin, which it is now. I actually want to expand this out um, beyond WordPress, all right, to more enterprise like focus sites. Um, so, but yeah, it does WordPress at the moment. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like, I'm actually I'm sat here on the podcast with you now, and I've got like the lead dev like next to me, Mel, and uh, me and him have been working our nuts off like for about the last six months six months to do it and it's like it's the product that i want right whenever i i create software and i'm sure like a lot of your listeners do the same thing um when you create your software or your SaaS, you always look at it and you're like right well what would be my dream product that i would want out there right yeah oh this product x does this when well, it does it really well but i don't want that i need it to do the whole suite right why can't it do that well because it just does x you know what fuck it i'll just write my own so that's what we did all right, so yeah, I hope um, I hope people can give us a chance and have a look at that that software as well. The Reddit course, eh, whatever. Um, but like seriously, like WellQ, mate, it's a good piece of software and it, it does the job. It does what it says on the label. So yeah, enough of my spruiking.
<laughs> All right, awesome. So just to recap here, we have a lot of good stuff on GDPR. As you mentioned, making sure that customers can pull themselves out of any database that you are in control of, including retargeting ads. I showed a little bit about how to set up those retargeting ads on Quora. So we have that on screen. I think um, like if you're if you're going to do like, you know, if you're going to like, you know, test, test the water really on Quora, the best thing you can do is, again, look at my profile um, and then model yours upon mine. Um, yeah, basically put some links in there, use your emojis, do all the usual suspects, right? But really, if you, if you just get your, uh, your profile set up, uh, and if you use the, use the phone in your pocket uh, to do video replies, no more than 90 seconds on a particular topic, uh, do that consistently for seven days and then reevaluate it after seven days. Are you getting views? Um, you know, are you getting traffic from Quora? Um, then yeah, might carry on. Um, if you're just using it for like your adverts, okay, that's completely acceptable too, right? So just like log into Quora, create the bare minimum that you need, and then just like upload your custom audience and then run adverts to it. That's acceptable too. If you can run Facebook ads, you'll be able to like absolutely nail right Quora ads. All right, so yeah, give um, give give the organic approach like seven days, and give your Quora ads like say ten to fourteen days. And then, uh, yeah, just evaluate your results as, uh, as you know, and from that. So, yeah, it's a good platform. Now, let's do this. If you can give the listeners a little bit of a forewarning, any sort of fine print about Quora. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like any platform, right. It depends on how you treat it. So, uh, so I would, uh, I would give it seven days, right. And I would, uh, use video replies, uh, have a look, uh, at uh, some questions, take the phone out of your pocket, set up your, your bio, the same as mine, right. Cause it, that one actually works and converts quite well. Uh, so model yours upon mine, uh, look at some questions, give some answers via video, right. Do say, do say five questions a day, no more than 90 seconds. There's you sort of five to seven minutes right it only takes five to seven minutes a day do that for seven days at the end of it evaluate it see if you've got any like you know clients from that basically right or if you've got uh, any any traffic from it uh, the other way of doing it is say look i don't really want to do that i just want to like try uh, as an ad platform right that's completely acceptable too set up your core platform right with the bare minimum information that you need uh upload your custom audience right like information emails whatever uh, and then run adverts to them as well i'd probably give that a solid two weeks all right just to kind of see if you're like getting any conversions there's a core pixel um uh, but mainly i would be using your Quora um traffic as cheap retargeting traffic for facebook and adwords that's what i would use it for but yeah completely acceptable in either in either method it's just another tool in your arsenal right so everyone's like doing facebook to death and that's fine right but this is just a different avenue that a lot of marketers aren't taking advantage of where people are actually asking questions about your product or service right if you're there at the right time well, maybe you'll get the sale, right? I love it. And I'm on a question here. It's uh, titled, why does Nathan swear so much? I'm going to answer <laughs> this uh, after this call and see if I can get any traction. <laughs> and there's a nice little retargeting ad by outreach.io served right there. I'm going to go ahead and test the SAR compliance and try to remove myself and see if those ads pop up the next day. That'll be an interesting one. So great tips on Quora. Um, any final thoughts on Reddit? I would say uh, I'd say Reddit would be uh, Reddit would be one of those things where you you would uh, you either you're either going to sort of give it a go, right, or you just 
if you if you if you're a more of a, a weaker composition that sounds patronizing i don't mean it to be but i'm just saying if you if you if you a little bit more of a wallflower if you don't like confrontation um if you sort of like run facebook ads and people say bad things and you feel bad about that reddit probably isn't the best place for you all right unless you're a gritty grimy in the trenches like bullets bounce off you right it's not a pleasant place all right for those that are not not a little bit hardened or battle toughened and there's nothing wrong with that it's just that i, I do tend to find that a lot of marketers you know get kicked in the fields you know when when you know redditors are redditors um so if if that's your if that's your personality probably stay away from it um, and like, you know, keep on doing what you're doing and, you know, drop more money on those conversions. But uh, Reddit is a little bit more gritty and grimy. Uh, so embrace the grit and the grime and yeah, you'll, you'll do well. Right, awesome. Okay, perfect. So summarize Cora, summarize of Reddit, and we have a place to get a hold of you. Where, where can people go? What do you recommend? Yeah, I love that. So if you're if you're going to connect with me on LinkedIn, right? Please, 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 right? Make sure that you personalise your request, all right? And I'll know it's you, and I'll I'll accept you immediately if you're listening to this by just you know basically putting, um, you know, putting the, the podcast name in there, all right? Or I heard you, Nate, on, and then put this podcast name on there. Yeah, that would be the best thing to do. Um, but please personalise all of your LinkedIn requests, right? Not just to me, to everybody. And the second way is uh, I live and breathe on facebook messenger so you can find me at nathan.haig.77 so yeah just find me on there and just message me and uh yeah like no dramas so yeah don't be don't be boring as well like i'm not I'm, i've been quite quite tame on this podcast right because you and i spoke this morning like here in phuket and uh like you know what i'm like so i've been quite quite tame on this podcast but yeah yeah like if you can't uh, handle a few sort of like curse words right amongst all of the knowledge then yeah we probably won't click um but like it's more about the knowledge rather than like my vernacular so if you are going to connect with me know that i swear right so it it, it, it just is <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't no gary vaynerchuk i'm a, you know a little bit more harder than that <laughs> I want authenticity. I want you to be you. So I'm happy to let everything be on the table. I mean, you are who you are. And that is why we love you. And that's why I reached out. I mean, I was baffled by the quality of content, uh, the wisdom that you produce on a daily basis. If you haven't gone and, and checked out his profiles, go and check them out, follow him, connect with him, say something funny, be authentic, do not automate that process because he'll he'll sniff you out right away and give you some shit for it. So this has been my favorite episode, I think, today. This has been so much fun. I've had a great time. I, I've learned a lot and I'm so glad I reached out to you. This has been hugely beneficial. So I'm, I'm thinking that listeners are going to love this one and want you back. So we'll have to regroup in a week or so and do something else, something new, something exciting. So Look out for more stuff from Nathan and I. You have yourself a good rest of the evening there, and I enjoyed it. Cheers. 90% of conversational marketing. I think I'm joking. The marketing automation discussion.